For Father's Day, we will have three dads from our congregation speak on their experience as fathers and grandfathers. We will hear from Jonathan Gibson, father of three young children, Connor, Camden, and Everly. Cooper, Camden, and Everly, excuse me. And we will hear from Steve Caldwell with two older children, Charlie and Delia, whom I grew up with at the church. And my own father, Phil Boswell, who had the great pleasure of raising two wonderful girls, (laughs) myself and Jennifer Ernest, and who has also recently become a grandfather to the cutest girl I know, Caroline Ernest. Please welcome first, Jonathan Gibson. Good morning. I was very honored to be asked to speak with you this morning, and I was also very relieved to be speaking first. That way, two fathers with much more wisdom and experience than I do have will be able to actually hopefully impart something on you today. Uh, So it's only going to go up from here. Uh, If you'd bear with me, I'd like to share with you a a short story. Uh, It's basically going to give you a little insight into um, my life or my experience as a father. Um, and if you can relate, then, then good. I was having a long day at work. Uh, I haven't been flying because I have an issue with my eyes. And I just had a recent ophthalmologist appointment who didn't really give me good news uh, on, on how things were, were coming along. And it's going to be a while before I'm flying again. After the appointment, uh, I went back to work and... Uh, We had two higher headquarters missions that we were preparing for, uh, as well as an upcoming nuclear generation. It's a lot of work uh, for the base and for the squadron at this time. And unfortunately, two out of the other, I I work in an office with three people, and two of those people uh, were were away, and they weren't going to be working with me for a while. Uh, So it fell fell to me to to be working on these two projects, uh, as well as the nuke generation. I didn't mind. Uh, In fact, I welcomed the challenge. However, made for a long day, uh, 12 hours later, went home, got home about 6, uh, made the drive home, turned down my street, put up the garage door, pulled in my driveway, turned off the car, grabbed the bag, and walked inside. Usually going through the house, through the garage door, uh, and I, on the bottom of that door is, is this... Uh, Sweeper that we put on, you know, to keep, keep the cold air out and the warm air in, or vice versa here in Louisiana. It makes a very distinctive whooshing sound anytime you open and close it, because uh, it, it drags across the floor. As it so happens, my kids were playing uh, in the living room. Uh, my, my three-year-old son, Camden, uh, he was playing with a, a real-life Angry Birds set. Um, it's just like the video game, except you have real wooden blocks that he builds into a tower, and he has a slingshot-type contraption that he puts little plastic birds in and then shoots those birds at the tower trying to knock it down. My seven-year-old son uh, was also in the living room playing with Legos. Um, He's very talented. Uh, He consistently builds sets uh, for 10 to 14-year-olds, as he'll like to tell you. Um, But as I walk in, my, my children hear the whoosh of the door open. And when they hear that, they both look up and they see me standing in the doorway. 
Dad! They both yell in unison. Both of them have huge beaming smiles on their face, and they run at me with arms wide open for a strong hug. At this point, work is forgotten, and all I feel in that moment is their complete love. The feeling of being able to make someone else so happy just by being home is incredible and very indescribable. Their hugs eventually end, and uh, it's, it's immediately replaced with both boys at the same time immediately trying to tell me everything that's going on in their lives right now. <laughs> Dad, look, look! Or actually, it's my three-year-old, so it's, Dad, look, look, I built an angry birds towel, look! <laughs> or, or, Dad, check out this Lego pirate ship I built. It has Captain Jack Sparrow. It goes super fast. See, look! Look, Dada, you want to play Uno with me? Yes, yes, I promise. Because um, I can't turn them down, uh, not wanting to disappoint them. Uh, and about five more hugs apiece, I eventually pat them on the rear and send them on their way. Uh, and I set my bag down on the counter because now it's time to go find uh, my girls. Uh, by this time of the day, uh, both girls are usually retreated um, <laughs> into the bedroom to escape the heat of Louisiana. Uh, and as I do, I find them relaxing in the bedroom. Uh, Melissa, my beautiful wife, is on the bed. Uh, she's crocheting a full uh, a blanket uh, right now for, for Everly, and her goal is to, to have it be a full-size blanket. Um, and, and you'd be surprised how much yarn it takes to make a full-size blanket. <laughs> uh, but, but right next to her is my beautiful daughter, uh, Everly Juno, or Evie J, as we like to call her. Um, and she's playing with her toes, you know, waving her arms around. And I walk over to the bed, and I... I tickle her tummy with the top of my head, and I give her a big hug, and just, as only babies can do, her whole face and body just lights up with, with a smile. Her eyes, her cheeks, her, her, her mouth, her chin, I, I mean, how you can smile with your entire face, we have obviously forgotten, but at that, at that age, it is a skill that uh, she knows how to do well. And since she gives a little laugh when I tickle her. Um, and she returns the favor by trying to grab my face and keep me closer. And, you know, I, I just love her so much, and I can tell that she loves me. And I turn to Melissa, and I say hi, and I give her a kiss. And, and then I sit down, and I start to take off my boots. And, and pretty much, you know, eight out of every ten working days, that is verbatim how it goes when I get home. And uh, as I'm telling you now, and as I was writing this and reliving this, um, experience, it, it, it's very easy for me to understand um, why I'm so happy to be a father and uh, have a family and be a husband. Um, just coming home, it's, it's amazing. Uh, now, I'm not going to presume to know anything more than anyone else about being a parent, uh, but if you'll bear with me just really quickly still, I'd like to briefly share uh, my personal thoughts on, on fatherhood, or at least what I've learned so far. Um, like I said, I'm, I'll be the first to admit I'm not a perfect father, um, but uh, as I'm quickly learning, um, being a parent is not about being perfect. I doubt anyone in here could look back on their childhood and describe their parents as, as perfect. Uh, and no matter how hard I try or my wife tries, we're going to make mistakes as parents. My philosophy, and my wife and I are on the same page as this, is, is to really do more good than harm. Have more good moments each day than, than bad moments. More positive experiences than negative experiences. 
Because our, our kids are going to see us in all different kinds of light each day. Um, whether we had a great day at work, a bad day at work, we're, we're excited, we're sad, uh, we're happy, we're mad. They're going to see us in those lights uh, every day. Um, but as long uh, as they know that no matter how we feel as parents or fathers on any given day, there's always the one constant that never changes, uh, and that's our love for them and our love for each other uh, and our love for our families. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Steve Caldwell, father to Delia and Charlie, uh, spouse and partner of Susan, and I'm here to talk about Father's Day, fatherhood, and my experiences as a father. I'm going to take a brief detour at first uh, and talk about biology of fatherhood. I'm a bit of a science geek, so you have to give me some, a little patience here with this. Uh, there's Bible stories and all sorts of mythical stories, Anakin Skywalker, where you have children that are born without fathers. Uh, but we look at biology in the world, and most animals have mothers and fathers. And uh, humans and nearly all other animals out there have one half the offspring having, fa- having mothers and producing children, and the other os- half helping mothers produce children. Uh, from a superficial level, that seems rather kind of foolish. You're taking half the potential animals that can make new animals out of the equation. So why do humans and most other animals have biological fathers and mothers? Why do you see a virgin birth in myths but not in nature? It there actually has to do with diversity. The evolutionary process appreciates diversity as much, if not more so, than Unitarian Universalists do. <laughs> we always hear about mutation and X-Men as being part of diversity. Uh, but the other part of diversity we have out there is the shuffling and recombining of different bits of genetic information from mother and father. The the combining and reshuffling that happens with each generation is another source of diversity that's just as important. Our children are not clones of us. They're the result of two separate metaphorical decks of cards that have been shuffled, making a unique and special deck of cards that draws from both parents' decks. In some ways, they're like the biological parents. In other ways, they're very different. The reshuffling that happens at each generation is a great thing. Delia and Charlie both have Susan's musical talents, but they have my eyesight. So, so, so. Uh, little Father's Day trivia tidbit. Father's Day is a younger holiday than Mother's Day. Mother's Day was recognized as an official holiday in 1914, while Father's Day had to wait until 1972 to be an official holiday. So. We're going to move along from that little bit of biology there and look at the other reasons why, why we have fathers and other aspects of fatherhood beyond the biology. Unlike oysters and fish and other animals where fatherhood takes just a few seconds and very little thought, uh, human fathers are usually involved in their children's lives through nurturing love and helping them grow and develop so they can find their place in the world. And that's much different than the biology of fatherhood. These caring and nurturing concerns in fatherhood also happen in other types of families in our churches with and without fathers. Single parents, families with two moms, families with two dads, blended families with both parents and step-parents raising children and so on. I think as Unitarian Universalists, we could say that any family that loves and cares for a child is a good family for that child, and we celebrate all of these families who are doing good things for their children on Father's Day, Mother's Day, and every other day of the year. 
Today, Delia and Charlie are adults and are moving out independently into the world. It's amazing to think back through the years how they've grown up. When Delia was born, she had the most skeptical expression on her face. <laughs> she looked at Susan and me in the delivery room, and we, we thought she must be thinking, what, there are no interviews or screening for this parent job? <laughs> and Charlie's expression at birth was much scarier for me personally. Uh, he came out with a little umbilical cord wrapped around his neck, and there was nothing in the Lamaze class showing a newborn infant with a blue-green cyan color. If anybody out there is teaching Lamaze, please include a slide of that in the PowerPoint for next time. Because uh, uh, basically, I like parents should be ready for that. That's a possibility. And I had to sit down to keep from passing out because I wasn't ready to see him being all blue-green in color. But thankfully, that really didn't hold him back. Uh, he lost his cyan color very quickly and became the energetic baby and child that we knew. And several months later, he had figured out how to unlatch the screen door and sprint out across our front yard to escape. <laughs> and we had to run after him to keep him out of danger. Uh, over the years, we've watched both Delia and Charlie grow and change through infancy, toddlerhood, childhood, adolescence, and now into adulthood. And they are wonderful kids. Some of their wonderfulness is just luck. We had very little control over that shuffling of genes that happened. That biology is just happens. We didn't choose that. But some of their wonderfulness comes from making sure they know they are loved and cared for as they grow up. Susan and I shared in providing that for Delia and Charlie, but there are others as well who have shared in that role. For example, the religious educators and other adults at All Souls who have helped us as parents are also responsible here, and we are thankful. And Delia and Charlie are thoughtful and compassionate in how they live their lives, and Delia and Charlie are responsible for that. We as parents are responsible for that, and you as a congregation are responsible for that, for making that happen. And I'm going to close with one final bit of parent uh, Father's Day trivia. More phone calls are made in the United States on Mother's Day than on Father's Day, but the percentage of collect calls on Father's Day is much higher, <laughs> making it the busiest day of the year for collect calls. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Phil Boswell, and I am the proud father and grandfather of... Uh, this little row of people right here. I, I'd, I'd like you all to, to see them. Um, this is Justin Ernest, my son-in-law, and his, and Jennifer, my, my first daughter, Sarah, my wife, you know, and Renee, you also know. Thanks, thanks. Well, Sarah and I began our career as parents in Alton, Illinois, in 1983, when Jennifer was born. Um, oh, the baby's gone. Okay. I'm sorry. Just realized she wasn't there. Um, Caroline, my, my two-year-old, almost two-year-old um, granddaughter, has, uh, met, went to the nursery, apparently. Um, anyway, Sarah and I were both working in the social service field uh, in... Um, and, and at, after Jennifer's birth, uh, you know, we started contemplating our future as a family. Um, and though I, um, I toyed with the idea for a, a long time of going into business, my, my father and I had this discussion for years. Finally, when, when Jennifer was born, you know, when we heard that little baby's breathing, you know, in our room, you know, it just got us to thinking. And, uh, and you know, what are we going to, how are we going to, raise this child and, and how are we going to make a living and so um, so we decided that that 
we would make a big, big change, big move uh, down to Shreveport. And um, so in 1985, that's, that's where we found ourselves. Um, <clears throat> I took up my new career as a businessman, and, and Sarah resumed her career in the counseling field until she saw that I was, I was in way over my head, and then she, she joined me in the business, thank God. That, well, thank you, Sarah. Um, <laughs> two years later, we had our second child, Renee, and uh, she, she completed our family, uh, at least for this generation. Uh, I, think, um, I think her birth just kind of solidified us in our commitment to you know, our, our family, where we live, and um, um, what our new careers were. Uh, I look back at that decision and to, you know, to change our home and careers, and I think you know, making that huge of a change was not characteristic of me. Uh, I mean, I um, have an aversion to change, and uh, ordinarily, which ordinarily would have kept me from, from making that kind of change, but I think becoming a father just really kind of sobered me up, and... Um, uh, it, you know, it made the difference. Uh, the responsibility that I, I felt for that, the life of that little baby in our, in our room um, uh, trumped everything else. Um, I have to say that there's, there's not much in the world that I find myself strongly committed to as much as to my family. My identity is really summarized by my family roles as uh, father and husband and uh, grandpa and uh, father-in-law. Um, <clears throat> and raising our kids was, de was definitely the best time of my life. Uh, now, the, the bad news is that uh, once my kids grew up and, you know, proved that they didn't, didn't need mom and dad to support them anymore, uh, it was something of a crisis in my life that, that I haven't, haven't really recovered from fully. Um, uh, commonly called the empty nest syndrome, um, and I, I, I caught that. I've, I've got that. Um, so, so I find myself uh, trying to figure out, you know, the purpose of my life again. I didn't think I'd have to do that again, but uh, but that's where I'm at. Um, I think that fatherhood was uh, one of the roles in my life that I was hardwired for emotionally. And uh, I'm hardwired to love my girls. And uh, I'm most happily known by others as, you know, husband and father. Um, and, um, and, and I do have a wonderful son-in-law. We were talking this morning, and he's my, he's my, uh, damn, what was it? Um, uh, he's my trophy son-in-law. Trophy son-in-law, that, that's what he is. I, I didn't mean to curse your name there, sorry. Um, anyway, anyway, the, the newest love of my life is, is Miss Caroline, who was in here earlier. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, she's the best thing that's happened to me in, in a long, long time. She's just, she's wonderful. And for Father's Day, I got some really good news uh, and I, if Caroline were here, I'd, I'd have her tell you. But they had her stand up on the table. I thought they were going to have her do a little dance in the living room there. Stand up on the table and bend over, and it says, Big Sis, on her, on her butt. So 
<laughs> so we're expecting a nice Valentine's Day gift. Um, okay. Um, hang on just a minute. I got off. Okay. Um, my, oh. Uh, about uh, grandchildren, I, f- I find myself agreeing with, uh, with other grandparents that it's, you know, a special kind of love uh, that you have, like, for no one else. And, it, boy, it's really true. Um, you know, I, I come as close to loving her unconditionally and, pu- you know, purely more than anyone else in, in my life. Um, uh, fortunately, I don't, have, I don't have things to complicate my love, like, you know, total responsibility. Uh, and, you know, I get to, uh, I get to babysit, and, uh, you know, she can tantrum a little and, and mess her clothes a l- up a little bit, and I get to send her home after a little while. So, you know, it's, it's very uncomplicated. Um, uh, yeah, uh, you only have to put up with high-pitched screaming and tantruming long enough for it to be laughable, and uh, uh, and you get to send them home. So, but anyway, it's it's very very rewarding, and I, and I'm looking forward to uh, another one. Um, all I need from from my granddaughter is just to be herself, a joyful little creature. Uh, I would sacrifice anything and everything I have for her, if it was ever called for, uh, which I think is unlikely. Uh, it's her parents who are going to have to do the, the sacrificing uh, when it comes to Caroline. Uh, probably the most I'll ever have to do is babysit. One of the joys connected with having grandbabies is, is all the other people who love her. Uh, seeing others, especially your son-in-law's family, Ogling and goober goobing, you know, over your grandbaby, just like you do, uh, is a reassurance that uh, your ba- your this baby you love so much, that I love so much, has plenty of people in her corner and concerned for her welfare. And I, and I have such such wonderful outlaws. We're not quite sure what to call them. Justin's parents. They're they're such terrific people, uh, you know. And it's it's. It's important to them, and it's important to us, you know, to have a, a peaceful, loving family for that baby, and uh, and, and so we do. Um, I'd tell you about this uh, lady I saw the other day. Um, oh, um, I have a couple. I have some friends who were raised by their grandparents, and you know, and I think. Wow, those are some heroic grandparents to you know to raise raise those kids. Um, I met a lady the other day in the glasses place who said that she was raising her great grandchildren, and uh, you know, and I thought, how in the world could I possibly do that? But uh, but I thought about it, and you know, it's the hard wiring that you have, and you know, I'm sure when when those two, ba- those two babies lost their parents in whatever way that happened. You know, I think the hard wiring just kicked in, and that woman knew that she had to take care of them. And uh, it's, it's, it's a great, one, great, one of the great things about being a human being is that we have that kind of love for, for all our, our kids and our kids' kids. Anyway, thanks very much. <laughs>